It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are live on Radio Row. Bomani Jones is with us. What's up, Bo? Hey, man, I'm good. How about you? Uh, good. It, feel, it feels like Friday out here. It does. I got to say, you need to feel loved. You walk into Mandalay Bay, I'm here to do this little 15-minute hit. It took me 20 minutes to get down here. It is wild. It is a hike. Everything is a hike inside the buildings of wherever it is that you go. So we were here this summer, and luckily we stayed here. So, like, we actually, when someone was like, oh, yeah, down by the Shark Reef, I'm like, oh, I know where that is. Yes. Uh, I I came this summer to go to the Beyonce concert. And so this is, for people who don't know, the hotel where this is is the closest one to the stadium. And so if you're going to go to dinner before you go do something at the stadium, you do it here. That Shark Reef, I was like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah, we were going to some Aces games in the arena right there. So, like, that is, it it is definitely convenient. They did a a good job, but it is kind of weird, especially because it's Friday. But this has happened every day. I don't know what time of the day you've been here. I know you were here around this time yesterday because that's when, by the way, I have a funny story about that in a second. (laughs) Um, But, like, you feel all the East Coast midday shows and afternoon shows because we go till 7. Most people go till 6. Right. Like, you feel the building empty out behind you. Yeah, well, it's very interesting being here three hours behind the East Coast. Because, look, man, I couldn't get here for no 6 a.m. Like, you know, oh. I can tell people, what am I doing here, man? I'm just prostituting myself, walking up and down this stroll, give them a little lip. You know, you know, I, you know, I, I, do, I do you. I do somebody else over there. Daddy, you can watch if you want. Like, that's, that's <laughs> when, like, I'm, that's, I'm in that position now. Like, you walk around here and you see all these people prostituting themselves. We saw people just a second ago wearing Letterman's jackets. For bounty paper towels. Yes. I ain't gonna lie, they were fresh jackets until no, you nice. realize it was for bounty paper towels. And it's just a lot of people, and you feel bad while you're doing it. You're just walking around hoping to get shows, hoping somebody pulls pull you by the arm and pull you open. The the bounty, they're making good money off that. Because uh, actually, one of the guys that I saw yesterday doing it, he's not, he, he was just uh, pimping himself out to bounty, not necessarily to all the radio <laughs> row, but like Terry McLaurin was walking around yesterday, which is like as big of a star as we have in DC. And I'm like, 17, what's up? And he's like, no, it's it's a good time. Like, we got to do a fun video bit. They gave me this nice jacket. I ate some chicken, and, and here we are. But this is the other part that we were just talking about this. You say this with Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin walk up to me. He better be wearing a Terry McLaurin jersey. Otherwise, he could be one of many football players walking around here whose identity I cannot quite surmise no. strictly on their faces. I mean, we, I know he wears 17. Yeah, we got, well, the thing is, like, we, we probably have a take on some of these guys' games that just walked by. Yes. We have no idea who they are because they're not wearing helmets. We jerseys. just had one guy walk past, and we were like, is this, and I'm not going to say it, but incredibly famous football player? And yeah. we just not sure. No, that is that is Radio Row. And then, of course, there's always the, I think the other one, too, which I'm sure you get this a lot because you're, you're, what, like 6'3"? Yeah. So you get the the people that you see on TV, and you realize how tall or short they are. And yes. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm not being judgmental, but uh, it's easy for you to do. You're six three, right? Um, but like you get you get that too of like, oh, that's what you look like, not from the the nipple line up on camera. Yeah, and it's always most interesting when you figure out how tall somebody is or is not, especially if it's somebody you think you don't really like. And it's always shocking when you find out. Like, there was one guy, he's a very prominent NFL reporter. I was stunned to find out he was six feet tall. I was sure he was 5'8", at most 5'8", positive. Never dawned on me that he could possibly be a six-footer. So now he really ain't got no excuse for being like he is. (laughs) I mean, if you want to name names. But then again, that could be a future guest who could break a commandment. No, no, I'm not worried about that part. I just don't want to see him passive-aggressive, right? I had the opportunity to tell him this to his face, and I did not. You know? Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Bomani Jones with us here on Radio like, Look at that jacket. It might turn up in the shot. This dude going to come past in his green jacket. You're going to be like, hey, man, that's a fresh green jacket. Yeah, we had a – by the way, talk about uh, – to, to bring this all together, dudes in green jackets and the size of a human being. Like, 
I could have told you that Aiden Hutchinson was probably a very large man. Yes. That dude walked by earlier. I could not believe how big that dude was. So I have not seen him. It's funny because growing up, his dad is from the same area of Houston that I'm from. So I had a next-door neighbor who's who – at least he said he was best friends with Aiden's dad because at the time Aiden's dad was an All-American at Michigan. So, of course, the guy would say that he was like right. his best friend or whatever. It would be if that they sort had met of thing. once, they were best friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's all it takes is that. But, no, all these dudes walk around, and even those of us who cover this, if you're not like locker room regular basis, you can forget just how big they are. And what has happened here in this particular one with this podcast surge all these guys who don't really like dealing with media have now become media, mm-hmm. and so now they have to come around. And I have seen multiple people give the same line. I saw Cam Newton, and I understand why he simply does not think that Brock Purdy is a game changer. I'm like, y'all didn't understand this from the beginning? Okay, cool. But people have been reminded. Cam, some people are, are so big that they're bigger than the numbers say. They're right. just really big. Yes, Cam, Cam Newton's that guy. So, like, I had, a, I had a list going for a while. I, mean, I haven't done this bit in a while, so I'm going to see if I can recall it. But, like, the list was basically, it started with Cam and LeBron. They're like, you just you can't explain how big these people are. And especially if you're lucky enough to watch them either courtside in, in right. LeBron's case or fieldside in Cam's case. Like, if you watch Cam Newton, because here's the other thing, too, and you know this from being around the NFL and, and doing, I know you weren't like a traditional yeah. sports reporter, but like, you've seen NFL dudes up close in yes. pads. If you were next, you're next to Trent Williams, you're like, that's a big dude. You're next to Trent Williams from a football, uh, in football pads, and you don't think he's from the same planet. Correct. So, like, Cam in football pads is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes. Um, and there's like Cam, LeBron, and a couple other dudes that it, you cannot begin to describe how not human they look or like how they just can't possibly be the same species that and, we are. And I think LeBron fits in an interesting category. Julius Peppers fits in this one, yes. too. At once, you can't believe how big they are, but also in some ways how thin they are. So, like, if you ask me to guess... I would not be surprised if you told me LeBron James has a 32, 33-inch waist. I once saw Julius Peppers in the mall, and I was like, dude, that dude's waist is like 33 inches. It's just everything else. Yes. It's just just massive, giant. And he had the nerve. This is Julius Peppers in North Carolina thought throwing a hood on would make us think that he was somebody else. <laughs> in like 2004. You're 6'7", bro. It dude, ain't no but it's in North Carolina. Right. Like, come on, man. You are, the, you are the local Jolly Green Giant, man. You ain't fooling us. Yeah. No, it's and then those dudes start to run. Yes, and you're like, no, that can't that can't possibly be correct. So yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, what's what's been the highlight for the week for you? Like you're doing your pod out here. You're doing yeah, the I've done thing? the pod out here. I did uh, the company I do my podcast for Wave Sports and Entertainment. They also big, do uh, yeah big big uh, year for them. Yes, it is. They also do the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Yes, and so I was at that party last night. How was that? I mean, they set the whole spot up to look like the Kelsey Brothers house. By the way, I have to say. I learned very quickly who pays the bills at Wave Sports and Entertainment, or more accurately, who does not pay the bills at Wave Sports and Entertainment, <laughs> and that would be your boy. Like I had been in there, and we were and like the space, the place which is called the space. Like that's where we were recording pods out of. There's some studio space in the back, and somebody came and called me at some point. And was like, "Yo, we got to show you something." And I looked on the wall, and they had all these pictures, like AI generated pictures. They had of the Kelsey brothers. They had one of me and Robert Griffin. Griffin also does his podcast for them. And me, like, in some, like, medieval-type stuff or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. So we had to party, and I got a little VIP pass or whatever. 
And I'm th- I had my friend with me. I'm like, yo, let me go show you the joint. And we walk around that corner, get to that wall. I wasn't on that wall. They say, <laughs> they say I'm back on there right now, but I wasn't on that wall for the Kelsey party. No, sir, Bob. No. It's no. a humbler, Jack. It's a humbler. I actually was thinking about this earlier because there was some, like, one of the seven brands that Travis works with, as maybe it's more than that, but, like, I think it's Experian, the, the debit yeah. card or whatever. Uh, you probably have to do ads for them or something. Uh, <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. They, they buy up all those types of stuff. But, like, someone else was walking around with an Experian shirt, and I'm like, imagine if, like, Travis was walking around Radio Row this week with, with what's going on, but uh, luckily for him, he, you know, made the game. Yes. If he was walking around, it wouldn't be us, like the us who do this all the time. It would be the interlopers, right? Like the people who don't really do this that, you know, the general audience. That's a lot of this for the Super Bowl is general audience. And he's their guy right now. He is. He is. And he's handling it very well. I agree with that. I have to say that. He seems to. I, I can't think of anybody who's been in, uh, who's been thrust into this because I think he's like, I like these guys who have dated Kardashians. They thought they wanted this. They thought they knew what the attention crush was. Nah, nah, player. It's, yeah. it's it's more than you ever imagined. I was talking about this actually with my wife last night. We were talking about the their show and kind of the the way that their brand has blown up, and obviously it's taken like it was skyrocketing, and then he started dating Taylor, and then it like added rocket fuel to the rocket ship, and, and it, off it went. It is very interesting to me what Jason added to it, right? Because yeah. to a degree, you can make the argument that Jason Kelsey is, in a way, the Eli Manning, which is to say there is a national fame that Eli Manning has because Peyton Manning is his brother, right? Right. Like, that's that's where he gets that from. But Eli Manning standing on his own, it ain't going to be there. But they have such an opposites thing going. And Jason, like, I met him last night for the first time. He's a really interesting, like, and warm kind of dude to talk yeah. to. They set each other off just 100% perfectly. Yeah, it's a great pairing. and But I, I think the thing that, and I'm going to give a, a compliment to your company here, uh, and I this is what I was telling my wife last night, is they're so well produced, and not in like it's fake, but like they have hit the, let's talk about Taylor and the Swifties, but also like be very, very high-level football, but also explain football to people that have never right. met football. Like the balance that they've achieved, which seems like a, some kind of circus act with a bunch of spinning plates, three or four of which are on fire, and their ability to not drop one of them. Yes. Like that is first and foremost a credit to them, but then like very clearly as someone in the business, like I can see where some of the levers are perhaps being pulled where I think they have done that exactly yes. right. And also, do you have a brother? I do not. I have okay. a, I have so a I, sister. So I have a brother. My brother's 13 years older than me, so we don't have the typical standard brother relationship thing. But I still have a brother. I know how this works. They had an episode where I forget what Travis said to Jason, but it was so that made Jason so bad that they had to shut down the, oh, I they, remember they had to shut down the recording. But then when they came back, they was wearing different clothes, and I was like, oh, damn, he had to come back the next day. Yeah. I was like, oh, this they are keeping it extra real on yeah. this show. And then the fu- the finished product is is polished and good and, and worth listening. Yes. Uh, if you had, a, I don't know how many interviews you've done this week, probably a million. But like, what's what's been your favorite guest, uh, favorite thing you've done this week? You know, I did one, um, and I think I forget the name of the organization. I want to get it right, but I think it's Vets for Vote or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah, and it's yeah. an organization that uh, is taking veterans and trying to get them to be poll workers and kind of it's basically explain the commonality and the idea that okay if you went to fight for america's way of life or for freedom or whatever it is the embodiment of that way of life is the franchise and so to be involved in the political process is a continuation of whatever your mission was before it may not be as rock and sock and robots exciting necessarily 
But that was a good one I did. I met with, did with my man Tom Tolbert. Like, I'm seeing all these people who, you know, the, the, I call them the how'd you get my number crew, right? <laughs> like, all these people that had that call me and I do these hits across the country over, really now, two decades. Yeah. And now I actually get to see them and sit right. in the same space with them. Like, that's, that's for somebody in my line of work, that's part of the fun. No, like it's, it's a huge thing this week. Uh, I, you gave me your number, by the way. Yes, you, I knew we, that. We, yeah, you were not a stranger. Yeah, I knew that. Was, that was, that was a, a Twitter DM and my name was attached to it. Yes. Uh, so that was, that was nice. Um, I do want to talk uh, substantively about the, the Leonsis thing in a sure. second. Uh, actually, let's do that now because I forgot the other thing that I was going to say, yeah. which is what happens by Friday on Radio Row. Uh, Bomani Jones with us here on the Hoffman Show. But, oh, I remember what it was. Uh, you're talking about kind of that meeting in person. For all the times you've been on the show, yesterday yes. uh, in a commercial break was the first time we met in person. Yes. It was also the first time that my producer has had to bring us out in the nearly two-year history of the show out of a segment because we were talking and I was like, I got to go. I come back, I put the headset on, and Anthony, who's sitting in our studio back in D.C., is going, it's the Hoffman Show. You're probably wondering why I am talking right now. It's a rite of passage, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a rite of passage for the producer. It yes. wasn't about you. It was about him. It was yeah. seeing if he could handle the moment. You, got, you gave Anthony his moment. There we go. That's, that's what I do. Yeah, Anthony, uh, you're welcome from Beaumont here. Uh, Thank but you, it's, sir. It's because <laughs> we were talking about Leonsis moving yes. the Wizards, and there are a million angles to this story from economics to class and race to all of these different things and he gave this interview earlier in the week with our buddy Eric Flack at WSA 9 and had the uh, incredible uh, self-awareness to say I am surprised at the outrage uh, that has happened but you you seem to sit at least fundamentally at the highest level where I am where it's like do whatever you want with the Caps, man. Yeah. Why are you bringing the Wizards out of D.C.? Where, where do you sit on this, and what angle of this is most interesting All to right, you? so some of you know I grew up an Atlanta Braves fan, and I am not – I didn't grow up in Atlanta. I was born in Atlanta. My parents have lived there for a long time, but I have an attachment to Atlanta and an understanding of that place. And and considering we're relatively close in age, we also had the uh, great fortune of TBS, which that is correct. Braves games were on everywhere. That is correct. I have a long story about that, but, yes, you are 100% correct. So – when the Braves moved from Turner Field to whatever the bank is now, Truist, I guess, is yeah, the one that also has stadium now. They moved from the heart of the city, and to be honest, not the safest place to be in the world. It was Atlanta has segregation and white flight issues. That anytime somebody Atlanta is not a good sports town, it's like no, Atlanta's a segregated town with bad public transportation. Those people ain't going down there. I get it. I got it to a degree though. But they were set up there, and then they ramrodded, ramrodded the stadium into Cobb County, moved it out, all of this stuff. It was ugly. I didn't like it, but I did at least understand the argument that the fan base that you're talking about would probably could get there more easily, be more willing to go there. The Braves can't fight that. Like I get all of that. Got you. So if you want to move the hockey team to Northern Virginia, if I had to guess, that's where the fans are. A great example of that is in Miami, where they moved the hockey team out of Dade County, which is very, very Espanol, right? And they moved it to Broward, which is very, very English-speaking. And it made more sense for the team to be out there. I get that with the hockey team. It don't make the same sense with the basketball team. Because it's not, to me at least, it's not just that we associate basketball with D.C. in the way. We're talking about high school basketball, college basketball. Right. Even if you move this out to Maryland, right? So when they were in Landover, it made sense for them to be there. It would make sense to be in Silver Spring. It would make sense to be in Bethesda. It would be make sense to be in any of those Maryland sorts of areas for a basketball team. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong here, but that ain't Northern Virginia by any standard that I've had. I've never thought of Northern Virginia being that way. So to leave out of an arena that you own in a part of town that you guys basically took 
on the emphasis of rebuilding and, and building up around this basketball team and then moving out there, hey, man, you're not going to get no new fans there. It's not, you know, who knows? Maybe if you win 50 games for the first time in my life, I'm 43 years old, then, hey, maybe they'll show up. But anybody with a brain can understand, you can't sell this, homie. This 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 ain't it. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And I think the other thing that just bothers me on such a fundamental level is they make such a baseline economic argument, which I don't even know if is true. Um, they they clearly have done the math in a way that says, oh yeah, look at look at all this everything. And they part of that argument is we're still going to sell out or we're still going to have the same number. Or we might even have more fans, but what they ignore is who the fans are. Yes. And it's like, you've had a core group of people who have held your sorry franchise up that has not won 50 games since 1979 has not made the second round or sorry, the, the conference finals since basically as long. Yes. And now you're just going to abandon them so that someone else can go to the games. <laughs> like that's, and, and you're just, you're surprised that people are mad about that. Once upon a time, I was looking for work all over the place. And one of the places that I interviewed was, I don't know, I think it was then, I think it was then the Comcast DC yeah. station. Yeah, yeah. And something I'll always remember that they told me was you could see in the ratings for the Wizards, whenever somebody got a whiff that they might be getting good, you'd see the numbers creep up. Like people have been waiting. They're just, they rightly are asking, just, just be good. Just, just give us something to do, and they'd go there. Hell, I was, did Gilbert's pod not too long ago. When Gilbert was there and it was fun, people were interested. If yes. you just give them something, they'll do it. And so it will be absolutely terrible if they finally get there and you moved out here for these people. And I think for people, I mean, I guess I'm doing local radio, so I don't need to explain this, but for people who are not from that area, I don't think they understand the clear delineation between Northern Virginia, the district, and then when you get to PG and Montgomery County. But even to me, and maybe it's just the way my brain works, I think of the district and those two counties in Maryland as being much more together and similar than I think of Northern Virginia. Yeah, no, I think stuff. I think that's fair. I think the Montgomery County shifted a bit. I mean, there's still a lot of money in PG County, but like the 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 lines I would say are much less blurry and they're they're much more clear on the Virginians. I say that as someone who lived in suburban Northern Virginia for a while and quite enjoyed. It. And if I had to pick somewhere to live that wasn't in the district where I live right now, I move back out there. Yes. I, li- I like the space yes. as opposed to the, the, if I'm if I'm going to live in the city, I'm going to live in the city. If I want the suburban space, I'm going to live the place where the suburban space. But I also realize that like the reason the suburbs exist is because they are ancillary parts of or auxiliary parts, I should say. Of the city, and the city's the thing exactly. at the center. Uh, Bomani Jones, the Right Time podcast, available wherever you get your pods. Uh, appreciate your time, man. Great to, to finally yap in person. Likewise. And by the way, the best part of this, you guys don't can't tell this. Kevin Harlan is right over there. Oh, right? he's coming. He's coming next. Okay. I got these headphones on. I can still hear Kevin Harlan. <laughs> like, like, like you're, you're going to get the Kevin Harlan experience because I'm getting it right now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna toss to a commercial break and we're gonna listen to Kevin Harlan, uh, and then Kevin's gonna come over here uh, for a, a quick visit with us next.